All right, boys, you want, should we get this bad boy started? Is there anything else you want to get off your chest before uh, we... Spider-Man officially... No Way Home? Um, Spider-Man No Way, I'm seeing that shit in the theater. Is what it <laughs> I know, it sucks. I, know. I hate how they're... Like Ghostbusters 2, now I have to wait for it, you know? This show is not for the easily offended, so if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. The Walking Dead was coming back, or they're doing more Walking Dead, aren't they? Uh, I feel like this was a thing that they were doing more Walking Dead. Well, they, they, I think they never did. Do you mean in the real world or in comics? I mean both. Because in the real world, they were supposed to do those movies. I don't know <laughs> if they'll ever get made. But they were supposed to do a bunch of spinoff with the actor Those that played Rick and oh, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that. Those, yeah. Because that's how they those, got them. Those are know. coming up still, I think. Okay, because they got them to leave the show, but they're like, we'll yeah. let you leave if you agree to do these movies. And they said, okay. Yep. But the actor, I can't remember his name, that plays Daryl, is on record has been like, I'll do this shit forever. I don't blame him. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's yeah. fucking money. Like, I like, uh, you keep on cashing those checks. I like Hell watching... Yeah. Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, that, and that one's supposed to go, and I think there's supposed to be even another beyond beyond the walk nope, beyond that, the there's world. Two, there's two yeah. seasons of that so far. Yeah. So it's yeah. been. I think they're they are going to move things. And fear Fear the Walking Dead season seven's playing right now. So <laughs> season seven? Oh yeah, the first three seasons are horrible. Wow. But after all the original characters die, the show gets really good because you know Morgan from the original walking dead show yeah he joins the team and they get better actors like different actors and stuff and it becomes more lighthearted, kind of it's, yeah. it's like a different type of show completely yeah so i ended up uh yeah yeah i mean you know so that part and then obviously the color walking dead comic is still going yeah i think once yeah, that I thought they were what's i think it was Oh, what's that character? Some character they introduced in like maybe it was one of those games or something, and they were in that image, um, image plus. What was that? Was that they had a weekly anthology thing. Sky Skybound Plus? No. Oh, uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Clementine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that I thought was they were doing guy. more with that character. I remember, I, I remember seeing her pop up somewhere like she was going to be in something. Yeah, I don't know. I remember the Show video game playing was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's where yeah, I that remember I had... her from. Uh, but that and then company... the rumor was that that Kirkman wanted the Transformers license. Uh, I'm sure Hasbro would love to have him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in like whatever weird. capacity. I don't know if they're going to sell them. I doubt they will. They still make those movies out of it, so they're not going to. Just give them Transformers. I don't know. I mean, I think they're... Aren't they still making Transformers? I don't know. It seems like... 
Uh, every, movies, I don't know. Every couple years. I mean, they're still making the comics, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Comics, board games, video games. So they're they're very large in the world. But yeah, movies, I'm not sure. Because I know that Bumblebee was a couple years ago. That I think one that did well. I actually liked. I actually liked that one. The others I didn't, but that one I did. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So there's a uh, there's going to be plenty of Walking Dead for you, Kevin. I mean, yeah. why why would you kill that fucking thing? Like he'd be I a don't fool, know. especially while there's still movies and TV and stuff. Yeah, and, and they didn't kill it good either. Because remember. Like, it just came out of nowhere, remember? Yeah. Like, after I said on the show, hey, it was, I forget what I predicted, but then it ended up becoming true, and and they, then it was just rushed, you know? Yeah, What wasn't wasn't the last story, like, a court case or some weird thing? Something boring like that, like, it jumped yeah. out in years and stuff, and but yeah, it was very, uh, very, it felt very rushed. And then I remember some people saying, is this meta about <laughs> something? Like, I'm going to choose to assume it's not. <laughs> but, but that's the 20 minute intro to Indie Comic Book Noise episode 494 welcome back listeners it's Indie Comic Book Noise hope everyone is doing awesome and great as we approach what hopes to be a better year for 2022 nope boy that's a lot of twos in there yeah I don't know about you Andrew but we are welcoming our new overlords, Omaha, who are just waiting to crush us. And that is one of the three hosts here today. Sadly, Super Steve has been waylaid by an evil dentist. Boo, evil dentist. But that was host WWX Kev from the Icebox. Say hi, Kev. Hello. We also have from the nation's capital, the Ottawa Otter, Phil. Say hi, Phil. Howdy. And me, Andrew the L.A. Rabbit. Indie comic book noise. Boy, having a little trouble getting that out. Say that ten times fast. Don't actually say that ten times fast. That's just something people say when they verbally goof something up. Indie comic book noise, part of the Deliberate Noise Network. What's that you say? A collection of exciting podcasts. Yay! should check them all out. They're all awesome. Or, I mean, maybe just check out the ones that align with your interests. See, you don't listen to all of them? No. I don't have that much time. <laughs> Especially a... consider I'm making some of them. So. <laughs> uh, you can find uh, old episodes and show notes on our website at IndieComicBookNoise.com. I might add extra links sometimes. Yes, I put the good show notes in, and then Kevin goes in and just rips it all up. So check it out before he destroys it. You can also find interesting items and interact with the show on social media on twitter at indie comic book n yeah the show is a little salty sometimes and a uh, facebook fan page but i'm not on facebook and don't know if it's ever Apparently. checked or whatever goes on with it as you heard from the beginning sometimes we have adult themes concepts language but as i always say it's just in good fun and we're the most calm, mellow individuals and never say anything controversial. This is true. <laughs> I, I totally did not last stumble episode. into anything last time. Do, last not, do not look back to see what I was talking about. 
Kev no longer disclaiming our disclaimer. <laughs> I I actually just looked at my, my where I usually have my line about what the disclaimer is, and there's nothing there. I mean, I guess I forgot to, to write a new disclaimer. That's a little peek behind the curtain. There's oh. usually, usually I have something written down. I have a prompt. It's like, sort of like how Conan O'Brien had that star on the floor where he was supposed to stand. Like, I'm supposed to have some kind of prompt just in case I forget something. Well, but I have nothing this time. Well, I'm, like, I'm sure, sure nothing controversial happened this week. I'm yes. pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's getting near the holidays. End of the year. Everybody's having a good time, I hope. I'm sure. I'll say this. I'm sure there's some best of year list out there and it only has indie comics and comics with an X stuff as the best comics and favorite comics of the entire year. Yeah. And I don't know. We may end up doing a year end special. Maybe we'll do something in January. Who knows? We're indie. You can't just put us in a box. Although, you know, we are a podcast, so I guess you can kind of put us in a box. That round square is going in that square as andrew oh. says put me in your box <laughs> <laughs> indie comic book noise we're just a free-flowing discussion of anything and everything that we deem to be independently comic book and that can be media tie-ins merchandise whatever just independent DC. is is everything isn't it i mean except for exclusively marvel or dc but we consider from giant international conglomes, scholastic, uh, your giant manga publishers, all the way down to that little comic you made back in the fifth grade that you hid away and thought no one knew about. So, so are we drawing a 24-hour comic for our 500th episode? Uh, no, we don't know what we're doing for our 500th <laughs> okay. episode. Oh, I forgot about that. This is the road... To 500, we're going to release right. a special. We have something so special coming. So <laughs> special. But Andrew? Yes, yes. We He's are, the brains behind it. We're not going to be doing any more crossovers. <laughs> We've had some failed crossovers no, in the past. But I never got to be a part of it. I want to be a crossover episode. Uh, well, maybe we'll one... find something. Okay. We'll find some nice Archie podcast or something to crossover with. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we're here. We're here today, and we have a rare treat. While we're missing Super Steve, we do have something that we rarely have, and that is a crossover of shared interests and reading. Normally, I feel like that 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 was a staple at one point. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I might try and. It's like wrangling cats with us, but I might try and push for us to go back to the cool way where we would all sometimes be on the same page of things that could be fun yeah well sometimes before i order something i'll ask you hey are you ordering this crazy book well i always like that drew because yeah you would always pick something kevin got or i got that you think we would have gotten most of the time you'd be right yeah yeah we're (laughs) gonna try and get back to some of that but today dear listeners you're in the treat because we all dipped our toes in the Mm -hmm. image pool as noted, not exactly a tiny little publisher, to get the relaunch, reboot, what did, I don't reimagining, re-envisioning. I don't know. Possibly I, I have the last episode, or last issue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the big premiere issue of Ant number one. 
So, so is now, this all new, all exciting, all different? I, I don't know. I've never read any Ant. Well, uh, well, that's that's what I wanted to ask is what attracted you guys to Ant? Because I could see me and Steve picking this up for certain reasons, but what attracted well, you two to it? Well, well, first of all, it says Eric Larson. So I'm like, I like Eric Larson stuff. I've read some Dragon on and off. It also seemed like something we we would all cover for whatever reason. And then I'm like, it's a number one issue. I'm like, it probably won't be terrible. I mean, it's outside of a comfort zone, but also not outside of a comfort zone at the same time. Holy crap, if this is outside your comfort... What, 90s superhero retreads are out of your comfort zone? I mean, I'm never... <laughs> I mean the character Ant. Like I've never said, "Hey, that looks like an awesome character. I want to read that." You know, right, right. But let's be honest. Like some '90s retread superhero is not. It's not like you've never read any anything in that regard. I mean, I was attracted because I got the weird. What was it? Issue twelve or thirteen? Where oh, he yeah, wrapped right. up, and I was like, "Oh, that's because I like. I like Eric Larson, but I find myself." not reading Savage Dragon. So I was like, oh, here's a chance to get on on issue 13 or something. You know, rather than like Savage Dragon's up to a high number and it and it has mm-hmm. this long mythology. And I know I'd like it, but I was like, oh, here's something that's new and fresh and I can get in and see how modern Eric Larson settles with me. You know, because I haven't really read a lot. I read some of that Spawn crossover when we worked on Spawn. Oh, but, oh! Are we getting a spawn update? Are did are you still reading? Uh, still buying, not reading. Oh, and specking. I get it. I could be wrong, but I, I could have swore there was an ant savage dragon spawn crossover. Like, is that not the same one? No, this is. Um, I want to say maybe two or three years ago. On the countdown to I some remember. No, I yeah. I number remember. Larson came on to the spawn comic proper, yeah. and I, I bought an issue the, or two. Uh, I think it was a Savage Dragon issue, like a one-shot or two-shot, okay. and they were both in it. Because, yeah, I don't think that was the first time. No, because I was reading it from the Spawn end, because I hadn't bought a Spawn comic in forever, if I'd ever, mm-hmm. and I saw Eric Larson, so but, I yeah, bought was, a few. Yeah, because I jumped on again then, too, because Eric Larson was doing the art. Yeah, know? and I was like, you know what, I haven't really studied Eric Larson comics since he was at a big two publisher for any significant length of time. I mean, you know, the issue here or there. So I'm like, now I can get on the ground floor of this character, see how I feel about modern Eric Larson. I won't be, you know, at a loss or anything. And there's something exciting about, you know, new beginnings and new startings. And and so I was like, yeah, I read that issue and was like, okay, let's let's wait for it to premiere. And you I think we speculated. That he did? I don't think I did, no. Huh. And then as we speculated then, you know, it was going to be interesting to see how he was going to balance doing multiple books. But that's that's normal for him, because since Savage Dragon, he's always done multiple. He's done miniseries at the same time, Freak Force, you know, like tons of different series. So that's... Uh, He's, de- he's definitely used to doing multiple books, I'd say. And he's worked for multiple companies at the same time. Yeah, but I feel like he's he doesn't really have two ongoings. Like, maybe they go for a, a bit, but... I mean, Savage no, I, I Dragon's guess, always yeah, the main usually, usually it's shorter things, yeah. Yeah. Savage Dragon, that's true. 
but but like he was doing Savage Dragon Supreme, you know, at the same time. Like, so he's definitely he, he could do it, but he's definitely slowed down over the years. Oh, I don't it's, look. It's it's a Herculean to do one book. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I think people really underestimate, like, just and he's how, doing everything. Mostly yeah, too. physically hard. The act of like bent over your drawing board for twelve hours a day. Yeah, it sounds fine for. 10 years, 20 years, but 30 years, 40 years, you know, especially say you were a kid who liked to draw as a kid. Well, you were doing it recreationally, you know, <laughs> for, for when you were five to when you were 20 and then professionally and for another 30, you know, you've been drawing your whole life, long hours. Like it's physically a, I feel like it, people don't give it sometimes the credit it deserves kind of, so to speak. If that makes sense. Well, you convinced me. Remember? Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I think that everyone's like, oh, why don't these people just stop complaining and get back to the drawing board? And I'm like, you you know, that's a lot of the physicality of it, I think. And I'm hoping that maybe these digital things are easier. I know people make a big effort about stretching and using good ergonomics and things that I hope extend because you know we're seeing it now the hero initiative features a lot of past artists who you know have all these ailments that you know maybe they're coincidental but i think they're probably linked to having doing that repetitive action for decades and decades for long hours but we're getting far afield from ant number one by eric larson story art and color interesting uh credits the flatter Mike Torres, which I like to see, and a letterer, Jack Murray. What the hell is a flatter? Flatter is, for modern coloring, it's someone that goes in and basically lays down the basic colors uh, in the computer. And that way the colorist can then go in and they can change those colors. And then the when they do the color, they also add all the effects. Like, say... You know, you want some shading or you want to move the light source or any of them other things. But the flatter is this very tedious because you have to define all the sections that have the same color and fill in usually a temp color like or I mean, I guess it depends on the flatter. They can guess what color the the colorist wants. But the point is that all the fields are filled in and then the colorist can go. And like I said, pick the final color and I'll add all the effects that, you know, Photoshop or whatever program you're using has. So I know flatters are a in hot demand is kind of like the pre-production part. And I don't recall generally seeing them credited. Yeah. I, I think we went into this a bit. What was that? Like two episodes ago or something like that. I don't think we got into flatterers. I think we talked about just general comic production. But also, yeah, I think we were talking about historical, and historical there wouldn't be flatters because that had to have digital coloring for, yeah. you know, that I also exist. became aware that apparently there's a, you can, there's settings on some of these things where you can do it yourself and not have a flatter. Like, I guess maybe they can, like, it randomly assigns colors. 
I've seen uh, some of that. I've I enjoy those process panels at conventions. So I've actually sat through a bunch of coloring ones. And it's interesting when they talk about because there's a few companies that uh, do it. I'm trying to remember the name of the one. And I even have one of their little books about coloring, digital coloring and all that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So one of those big factory colorist guys that does it always does this kind of the same presentation where he colors a page and they walk through all the different layers and flattening and all that stuff. It's interesting stuff. I feel like it's, it's a lot. And you'll see on social media, sometimes people looking for flatter flatters too, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I just don't recall seeing those credits for, uh, the flatter, you know, it's kind of seen as a pre-production thing. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. When they were saying, yeah, there's no product, like, when we, I think that was with the Image Comics, like, production people, like, you never see these people credited, or, like, you never knew about flatting or whatever, so. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Well, for me, as a kid, there were, our ages are showing again, like, because the digital coloring was not, was when, when did that come, like? I guess uh, Malibu, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Weren't they the big... I mean, not to say, obviously, those all digital I mean, graphic image, novels. I mean, Image, obviously, yeah. Like Crash, the Iron Man one and everything, but I'm talking about oh. it, it being widespread would have been... Yeah. Do, do you really... Like, I know you count Crash on some level, but I feel like that's just, like, someone, like, using... It's like an Etch-A-Sketch. Hey, I drew a comic on an Etch-A-Sketch. Yes. Yeah, but you're like the precursor to the actual... <laughs> right. That's not a, a currently a scalable process for other people. Yeah. The whole gimmick of it was <laughs> it was done on a... Like, that was what sold it. It wasn't... No one... I don't remember them ever selling it as like, here's a good Iron Man comic. It was, no. here's a computer <laughs> done all on the computer, like... Like, speaking of long-term injuries, I can't imagine you repeating that over and over again. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we have Ant number one. Who is she and how she came to be? Totally, uh, like, your your one-issue origin story, like a classic um, superhero trope. Yes, and grateful, too. I, I, I think... Uh, I don't know if this lends to his style, but given that this character has been around for 30 years or 25 years and not had had a couple different publishers and all that, the the other comic went into that history a little bit. I think it's smart to just kind of be like, okay, this is our aunt. We're taking these things. We're leaving those things. I think he mentions in the notes in the back of this one what Easter eggs he's doing for yeah, people. He did yeah. that for uh, Ninja Turtles, too. So I like that. And so anyways, for those that don't know, uh, Mario Gully creates this character, Ant, and it's a lady superhero. And in this instance, she has a, uh, like a red, completely red power suit. And uh, it's kind of like, for lack of a better term, one of those sort of flowing, like a Venom, for example, like kind of a, uh, while it's metallical service, surface it looks like it can kind of flow and move a little bit and she has two big antennas but kind yeah. of the all one color is always a interesting choice now oh. i like how they compare it to candy like hard candy yeah and they give it like 
because of all these options, they do give it that kind of shiny metallic sheen to it. Yeah. So are these just like gags on uh, Batman's villains, or are these actually characters that showed up in the Ant series with the double big splash? Those are Batman. I never read the original Ant, so for me, I have read two issues of Ant, and so I don't know. But the conceit here is that it's uh, a young, a young girl who's coming up with the stories of Ant and the hero, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to be this Ant hero and fight these bad guys." And her dad turns out to be a scientist working for the government. To develop a super soldier, if you will. Mm-hmm. But they're having... They don't know they need to use the Zeta rays, right, Kevin? That's the key. <laughs> of course. So, turns out evil, shadowy government organization. Um, it You know, they, they're not having success with this. The father is having some regrets. So the government steps in and says, This is all our stuff, we're taking it. And they kill his partner, they shoot the dad, and the dad, at the last second, has the experimental serum he boosted and injects it in his daughter. Because, you know, that's what you do when you're so dying. So not okay. You use your, okay. your one daughter as a guinea pig, right? That's yeah. natural, isn't it? That, yeah, that kind of bugged me when he did that. Like, uh, he just fell over. Right? All he cared about was the science. That's it. <laughs> like, he wouldn't inject himself. Like, he picks his... Mm-hmm. You know who yeah. I'm going to experiment on, my daughter? You know what? That is true. <laughs> he could have totally injected himself and saved but, the day right away. Yeah. but he sort like, of have it out like he could have if he didn't, like... I, I feel like there's some room there to say, was he going to inject himself, like, if he wouldn't have got shot up in, like, the next panel? He's looking like he is, but... He still could have been, if he's injecting her, he can still inject himself. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess he felt like, oh, I'm and why dying. The, um, why her butt? You know, he just went straight for the butt. That's, that's why I'm saying he's falling over. No. And then he just accidentally injects her. Oh, you know Otherwise, what? that's an awkward injection. Kevin, Kevin could be right because I feel that's a little weird putting her it over is the, He just right happens to do it. I mean, he could have said, "Oh, well, he's falling down." He could also be mentally saying, and "You know what? Hey, and I can still what? inject someone," but he's also falling over awkwardly. And, and the two panels before that, he rolls up his sleeve, yeah, takes he, off. He was going to inject himself, and then he injects yeah. her. I'm just okay. saying, I don't know how when you're falling over. You inject someone and push the plunger down and everything like (laughs) that seems like there's some intention at like, oh, I actually like that case. You'd have them stick it in her and she rolls over on the plunger and that plunges her or something. This whole thing seemed. It also makes you wonder if he can inject someone else, if he could have just injected himself after he was shot. Yes. I do feel like maybe, you know, as he's uh, doing... But anyways, he injects his daughter, as you do. Because, you know, (laughs) he wants to observe the changes. And then that gives her her superpowers. And she's able to defeat the military people who are coming after him. She's able to get her dad out of there and leave him with a firefighter. And then she's able to suddenly transform and fully control the powers. Anyone know what? I'm fine with that. Like I, I have read so many origin stories where they wrangle like 
them figuring out the powers and stuff. I'm good well, not spending 12 issues with her like, how do I get the suit to work? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I think that's... Uh... Yeah, but let me ask you this, though. What are her powers? <laughs> well, clearly... Do you, think you should know that in the first issue? No, because we clearly have a, a gimmick of it. Uh, some type of strength augmentation, to what extent we don't know. The ability to protect herself from damage. The antennas obviously have offensive capability because oh. they impale this guy right through his gas. They shoot mask. out of her eyes. Yeah. I always figured it kind of like a. I don't know. See, see, I don't really like the look of that. Those things that come out of her eyes there. Never been a big fan of that. Mm. Oh, sorry, it's not sexy enough, Phil. <laughs> what do you mean? Her nipples are in every picture. <laughs> Um, I think they do that because they have to give her some kind of visual flair. Otherwise, it's just a well, it's woman a very in a body look. stocking. Just red, like it's very, very boring look. I mean, are you saying Daredevil is boring? Is that what you're saying, Bill? No, Daredevil has more to his costume than this. Well, I feel like that's why you but need yes, those hooks. <laughs> I also think they move around like an ant. Eh, that could be. It looks I mean, like that needs to be said. Hooked up to the wall, as near as I can tell at the last. But I also don't know if that's just like a splash, being like, hey, I'm here, I'm Spider-Man, or in this case, mm-hmm. Ant. See, what I'm what? hoping comes from this is, Girl. for me, this is a better character just to be in the Savage Dragon comic. So I feel like do her origin, and then just stick her in there, you know, like he has with other characters. I can see that. I mean, I hope it's more than one issue or whatever but no no should be recurring like when he got when he started using daredevil yeah that type of thing but have her own at least a limited series but yeah i i I enjoyed it eric larson's fun did you see all the process back matter in this one too yeah some of that i think was from the other issue it's got the bits of spawn and everything i think that might yeah I'm Unless that's from the upcoming issue. That, like, how much of this was... Because you have, like, the column, and I feel like you said there was a column on that other issue as well. So I was yeah. like... It was a lot of... Uh, but I, f- I think the the notes are different. I mean, there's some overlap, because obviously in both they give the history. But I yeah. think the, the process stuff is... But that's fine. Look, I mean, would I rather have a bunch of ads for something? Nah, I'm good. And it's got that kind of crazy Eric Larson, like, especially when they're in superhero mode, all their um, anatomy is all extended and everything, weird foreshortening and lengthening, and it's fun, it's superhero-y. And I, like I said, because they get the origin done in one issue, I'm hoping that issue two, we keep a similar pace and get to see her in action. There, there's a sting at the end where... She's going to get recruited by the evil government agency that did in her folks. So that'll mm-hmm. be the tension. But it did feel very like this is kind of a 90s thing, like the superhero oh. soldier tricked by the government. Eric and... Larson's very 90s still, for sure. Postal 70s, Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's an interesting combo of uh, of stuff there. Yeah, like I don't Classic, know. but also like that 90s extreme mixing in there yeah i don't know how long we need the that storyline to play out but 
I'm curious. Like I said, it was fast enough, and the first issue got in and got out and got what it needed. So I'm, if I see issue two in the store, I'm definitely picking it up. Like it's got me. How do you boys? January nineteenth, Andrew. Mark that on your calendar. Well, it doesn't work like that. It's when I go to the <laughs> store and if it's there. Are you boys I'm, planning on grabbing more I'm, ant? I'm kind of conflicted. Like one part of me, yeah, because kind of goes with Eric Larson universe now but I'll just say the the cover to issue two isn't super appealing track yeah me neither and also like it was like when I read the comic it just felt like deja vu you know so I don't know if it excited me like it didn't really excite me or get me pumped for uh I can see that like I said it does feel like there's not a lot of a similar themes we've seen before Like, even that cover I've seen from him before, just with a different character, you know? Yeah, I'm curious how um, how we're going to see, like you say, we don't really have her full powers list. I feel like in the first issue, you should have some idea of what her power is like. Not like a full explanation or anything, but you should at least know what, I don't know, like... Well, I'm just glad they got through all the here's who she is, she has her powers, yeah. now she can go on mm-hmm. with our not, modern... Not a lot really happened. Like, no. it was very... Yeah, no. But, but you can see this taking that. four issues, too, Phil. Some other creative teams <laughs> may have. I mean, it was some of that classic compression where I'm like, we don't really need to cover this, we can just move along. Yeah, and I also yeah. feel, based on the notes from the two issues, that they're trying to kind of throw in some easter eggs and references to that like that was slowing it down a bit what easter eggs uh Uh, some of the stuff about her being a daughter and drawing these heroes i guess in the original series there was some question about what was real and what wasn't yeah that's right and then there were some other like i guess it's had a pretty con because it went to all those different publishers and had different mm-hmm. instances. I guess it's somewhat confusing. Also, and you guys can attack me for this, many people have remarked that some of those 90s comics weren't as tightly plotted, and some of the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of the story elements weren't the focus of the thing. Like it was I'm shocked, cool. Andrew. Shocked. So that creates made uh, You disconnect. tarnishing the good name of those 90s comic books that people Some slaved amazing over. 90s comic books out there. And if, there is, there is. And there's nothing wrong with <laughs> prioritizing the visual. I just, it's a fair criticism, I feel, of some of the superhero stuff to be like, hey, some of this they weren't tightly writing out and planning like a full, densely plotted backstory and everything. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, if I see it, I mean, I'm not necessarily going out of my way, but if I see it, I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I might operate on that principle, too, depending upon the week and uh, what is happening at that time. Well, I mean, there are always caveats. If number two is like, oh, you can buy it, but they're $30 a piece or something. <laughs> like, yeah, obvi- there are some limitations. I'm not guaranteeing to buy a copy, but... And don't say it can't happen, Kevin. There could be some weird circumstance where 
it becomes the hot book and if you want a copy you got to pay some yeah like th those could be first appearances on the cover of number two it yeah. also reminds me of some uh, savage dragons stories i mean well certainly also and i don't know if they did this with this particular issue but oftentimes the first issue has a significant number of variant covers some are not one for one that can inflate the print run of number one and shrink the print run of number two and well, so number two can be harder any, to find i don't think there was a glass variant uh recoloring mario gully's uh original ant number one cover that is hard to find so i don't know i don't know if eric larson is a variant cover guy or isn't from just looking at this uh, issue there's no list of them or anything savage dragon i can't remember if there were any variant covers unless maybe a special issue but i don't think then either i, I definitely know he's republished issues like that north guard yeah thing so i mean that that's that was the closest closer. i guess that's the closest thing he's ever done but yeah he's never had variants i don't think yeah and like i said i've i'm on record i don't mind variants i don't have any if people like them, great. Like it's more uh, the thing I don't like is sometimes I get confused and buy the same comic again. But <laughs> that's on me, not on them. So I know that always makes you guys laugh, but we're, I can't pay attention. Uh, that's a classic Andrew move. Uh, I can't be alone. I can't be the only guy that's double bought stuff for not. No, I remember when Marvel Comics presents had the cover on the front and the cover on the back, and it was a, like a flip comic. Mm -hmm. People definitely bought those. Well, I'm sure people made mistakes then. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've never double bought something by accident, only on purpose. I mean, I, sometimes I didn't know which Marvel Masterworks I had, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't have this one, and then I rebought one. Oh, mm -hmm. I bought the same trade with the same yeah. cover sometimes. Because, you know, you're like, I didn't think I had this, and then you're, oh, well, someone's getting an extra. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was also super cheap, so it wasn't like, oh, no, you spent $100 on that Marvel. Like, it wasn't that situation at all. <laughs> no, no. I like, Yeah. Yeah, no, this isn't like I'm out buying super rare expensive things like these are always just like oh this thing's you know on sale or cheap or whatever but i think we've beaten ant to death uh so who ant. wants to move on ant. to the next thing <laughs> antpocalypse as the second issue says in the solicit Uh, you want to hear about something, Andrew? Sure. Or do you want the topic first that's related to the comic? Uh, give me the topic, because I want to guess the comic. You'll never okay, guess. well, there's no way you're guessing this. <laughs> Whoa. There's no way I'm guessing this. Literal. Well, okay, okay. Maybe there is a way. If you pull up that picture of my loot from TCAF, <laughs> and you pick one of those issues in there, so you have a like a what a one in fifteen chance? No, no, I already covered some. So maybe a one in twelve chance of guessing which one it is. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> but do you remember when I was saying there was a lot of um, barcodes 
affixed to a lot of these comics. Yes. I'm going to give you another clue here. This is in a manga a bag, like sort of like a three-quarter size plastic. Like I, I've seen them for sale, but I'm like, I'm, I'm always like, maybe I should get some of those because I do. But then I'm like, then you end up bagging your mini comics, which is fine. I just don't currently. Like all other comics, I do, but mini comics, I'm like, I just kind of leave them in a in a cool little box all by themselves. I don't bag and board most of my stuff, so I'm a bad Me comic too. book guy. Me too. Barcode. But included inside here is a barcode. So it's funny that, I, without taking it out, I was like, is that attached to the comic? It is not. And I kind of wonder, like, mostly the industry ignores stuff removed or added to comics, right? Like, you might have a like Hobgoblin's first appearance, you might have like that lakeside tattoo. People say, oh, the tattoo has to be in there. That's more money. And then sometimes bagged comics, people are like, oh, well, that comic was originally bagged. But yeah, a lot bagged of, with the trading yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of other stuff, it just seems like, like you think it would be, then maybe they'll change their mind and then a lot of people will be screwed. Like, they'll be like, you redeemed those digital codes in those comics? Those comics are worth less money now. Yeah, I never... Or they um, fell off and now your comic's worth less money, even yeah. though you had no way of knowing before you bought it. I don't take the little tags off, even though I redeem it. I just pull it up enough to type in the code and then put it wow. back Wow. For a guy that doesn't care, that's incredible. Yeah, isn't it? Well, I don't like having just... When it gets tore off or it's not there, it bothers me. For, I like having <laughs> them just there, perfect. Because once they're in a big stack, like the weight of all the other books on it will keep it pushed down pretty good. Yeah. But there was also a lot of times in the 90s where they would insert like cards, like over power cards in plastic wrappers or just all these different cardboard inserts. And no one talks about, like, if that distorts your comic or it lowers the value. Like, a lot of times, it just seems like the industry doesn't care, which no. is weird. I think like, it depends like on that. the... Just, we just ignore. It depends on the value of the book, I guess. And, like, is it a hot book? Well, then people are going to start caring. I guess so. At some point, it could happen. Like, you want that fifth print rather than that first print now. So, at some point, it could happen. So I'm just, it would be even a weirder situation for some small indie book to become like a sensation, like these micro print runs of your comic from the basement. But then like they've added sometimes like those barcodes on there. So I'm wondering if you got it at a show, if you happen to get it at a show somehow or online from a, maybe directly from the creator, maybe it doesn't have one of those things on it. So I was just like, yeah, I wonder if people would care about one of those extra things. Like, I know trade paperbacks, if there is, like, a barcode sticker glued onto the back and you can't get it off, like, that's kind of kind of frustrating. But I but I find these things, like, it's... it's I guess I'm more accepting of it with stuff like this because it seems like, like, oh, we want to... Like, it seems like it's, it's from... Um, more of an industry we got to sell this we this this would be helpful we need this perspective now this and i is... feel like the like the trade paperback they've already figured that out 
and adding a second barcode to it just ignores me. <laughs> this is a second hand, but from the uh, toy grader people that I follow on social media, apparently, like stickers from stores and shops are not supposed to affect the grade if when you're getting your toys graded. Uh, I don't know this. I've never actually sent toys in to be graded. I've just bought a yeah. few loose ones. But, yeah, so it's interesting how different industries and collectors treat the extra crap put on things and whether it's a detriment or not or just to be ignored. Yeah, like sometimes if you, if you have, like, old comics like stamp of the date people are like ah oh, it adds something but if you have a modern comic stamp of the date people are like what's wrong with this oh yeah i've heard that too like those grease pencils from the 60s are fine but the modern especially when they have the blank space that looks yeah. like it's designed for stamping yeah i guess that can impact your cgc grading <laughs> so are you going to get this graded kevin is that what you're leading to is that the subject <laughs> uh I mean, it would be fun to get some totally obscure thing that that should never be worth money, just like like you did with the was it the B one? How dare you suggest? No, I got um, I think it was either World's Strongest Oh, that man, or oh, no, no, it was um, maybe it was Hellbillies. I think it was Hellbillies. Oh, okay, that I got great. I think it was the B one. I don't know. Maybe I did, but I think I tend... I don't think I had an extra one sitting around. It's just funny, because if you check the registry, it must say one, right? I would guess so. I mean, I gave it to the creators at, uh, at when I went to C2E2 as a gift. Like, I someone must be going... It. There must be some article that's going to go out there at some point. People are, like, scrambling, what am I going to write this week? And they're going to bring up, like, all the ones in the registry. I always think, because if you go to Artist Alley and Small Press at those shows, a lot of creators will have their own books. And I bet you that's where a lot... So that's why I did it, to give it to them and be like, yeah. oh, now you can display it when you go at your table and everything. And I think that's where a lot of those... But it would be fascinating if someone was tracking all the, like, very... Because it'd be a bunch of stuff from, like, the 30s and 40s, and then a bunch of, like, indie books. <laughs> I wonder what the lowest of like a Marvel book or like a, a regular turns out no one wanted, you know, like Marvel presents 137 or whatever. There's I, I'm pretty sure there's there's a bunch that are really low or then like before a book gets hot, someone will look and they'll be like only like 12 or something. But something I, that's due to like how it was manufactured or the color or. I don't or know, you, Kevin. If it's a black cover or something, like you know there's going to be less of those. It was Enjoy. years ago when I delved into that world, and I was surprised at just the volume of... Like, people would just get everything graded. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I didn't... Books that had no possible value in all kinds of conditions. Like, it was just... That's how they wanted their collection to be everything graded, no matter what. So, you might be... There might not be a lot of Marvel in DC that doesn't have... Tons of stuff graded. I mean, someone's going to want that Citizen V, the everlasting issue <laughs> four limited series graded. Yeah. Oh, I get there are There are definitely graded copies. Now, the <laughs> are is, you sure? Are there 9.8s or not? And that's where you, that's where you come in, Kevin. <laughs> if you were going to do that, how could you not do it as a 9.8? 
I don't, I mean, you could probably could buy a long box full of them, <laughs> I'm guessing, for not a lot of money. But anyways, we're getting off the topic from mini-comics. So, so that's my topic. If you want, if you want to feature something, Andrew, before I come back to this, I mean that's totally fine. So you have to you... guess too. Oh, um, I'm gonna guess it's. Oh, I can't. Phil guessed that one last time, so I'm gonna guess it's uh, about werewolves <laughs> who. Are addicted to tea. What? <laughs> I was going to say cats on the moon, Phil, but you guessed that last oh. time. <laughs> yeah, which I swear he covered, even though he won't admit it. <laughs> I know he covered one where there was cats on the moon. There's so many cat comics out now, mostly Japanese. So was I right, Kevin? What What'd you get? No, you you are you are wrong. I think you should uh, go more towards the video game realm, and uh, you'll be getting warmer. Well, I'm, I'm, that was my guess, so so let me have it. Uh, this is Iron Blue by uh, Sebastian uh, Sundstrom. So let me s- s- see if this does this sound interesting to you. Uh, War erupts between the Western City-States Union and the newly independent Central City. Uh, Lynn, a student in the military service, is thrust into the pilot seat of a robotic fighting machine headed for the front line. So to guess a video game? No. I mean, I I did get a a song playing in my head while I I was reading this, which was funny, because some some of the characters are talking here in their in their mechs before they they head out to that front line thing, and it's sort of like a, a maybe a dusty, snowy. I mean, maybe it's not snow. Something about it made me think. Of, Think of like snowy. It is. It is kind of like dark, cloudy, misty, snowy uh, thing. So when, when as soon as I saw that visual, it just maybe it's because of the the song playing in my head from uh, from one of those Final Fantasy games where these mechs head out into the wilderness, and this sort of reminded me of that. And then uh, one of those one of those uh, jingles started playing from uh, from the game. From that game, not that this is a game. Which game? Final Fantasy three. Which one has or six? If you like. I mean, the big intro sequence there. I've only played seven up. Of course. So is this a complete story in one or? No, as far as I know, there's two issues so far, and this is sort of like. well, I said it was in a manga bag, so you can. But it's just like uh, otherwise, it's just like a regular comic. I mean, I, I guess it is a little thicker. Well, I don't know if you could say. Maybe it's the it's a self cover. Like the pages are about as thick as the cover, but the cover is a little more higher gloss than the pages. I know some people. That's another thing. 
but some people get critical about the self cover or the they want the cover to be a thicker stock than the pages for the mini comics for any comics I think it also depends how cheap the paper stock is because some of that stuff it like wrinkles in your hand oh, uh, looking yeah. at you Disney slash Marvel what I feel like their paper like it it'll just sit there and you can see it start yeah. to warp and waver and everything like I feel like they need better quality paper for mm-hmm. their if they're gonna have the covers that way I feel like that happens pretty much to any comic that's traveling a distance. Like, I don't know, maybe you have, like, a diamond or a random house or whatever warehouse, like, right in your city. You probably do, right? I'd imagine. I have no idea. But yeah, or maybe all I know is my by... foil-cut embossed covers don't don't bend, <laughs> Kevin. I don't know, because I... I... They did consolidate some warehouses, so maybe, like, you're serviced by, I don't know. I don't know where all the diamond warehouses are. But I remember they they would sometimes talk about, oh, the diamond truck broke down in the Midwest this week, and a bunch of shops didn't get their books. And then I would be like, so there's a diamond warehouse in the Midwest? <laughs> yeah, I never tried to track down. I don't really have much of a whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think... I think books coming coming to Canada and traveling longer distances, like sometimes all the books in that box, you can tell they're more of a wavy variety. And yeah. I don't think I don't Why think that it real if one was like like super unwavy, maybe if it was really stiff, I don't know. Yeah, just get a little card stock on there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but if you're going to charge an extra dollar for that cardstock, I mean, I bought some, but... Oh, please, you already paid like $45 for this mini-comic. What's $46, Kevin? It was it was probably $8 or something. I don't know. It's 30 pages, so... I don't, I really don't remember. Maybe it was $5. Well, that, 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 over that, and above the price. A, where, where are you at That's my rich and glamorous life, right? I bought this mini comic, got it shipped to me, and now I don't even remember what the price is. Just throwing money around. Hey, you make fun of me for that, but here you doing the same thing, Kevin. <laughs> I just know it wasn't... I was making a TCAF purchase. It was online. It was going to cost money, but it wasn't outrageous. Like, I wasn't getting four pages for $20 because I turned those down. <laughs> That's all I know. I would have to look up this up for you, Andrew. <laughs> and then divide the shipping cro- cost appropriately a- across all, all books. <laughs> sure. But anyhow, I, I would say that like, the art style is uh, more along the lines of like Brandon Graham or... Uh, Ooh, that's fancy. Yeah, like... I could certainly see, and it's also way more like like sketchy. It's not like one of those hyper realistic, detailed type of thing. Like it, your brain is filling in. It's it's one of those less is more type of things, which is totally fine. Like you don't need to put every window into that building. 
No, I agree. Especially with mini comics, like the size can sometimes work better that way. Although there's is something to those little tiny ones that are like super detailed too. And you're yeah, like, but those yeah. also now that my eyes aren't as good are a little bit more. But yeah, I, I, I kind of I think I read the description for this. I'm like, oh, that might be all right. It might be like super political or something. But it's just, I mean, good mix from two opposing forces. Uh, you know, slugging it out with each other over uh, different ideals. I mean, if you want to read more into it, you can, but it's also uh, a good story in itself. And they have little bios on, on the characters, on the different models and one of the characters in the back, too. So, yeah, definitely would uh, would buy more, read more. Oh, good. Well, maybe if when you're back at the show next year, you'll be able to... Buy it from them direct. Yeah, that would be cool. But I think, I, I kind of feel like that ship is uh, kind of past for next year. Because I feel like some of these shows, like, they need, like, a year or, like, a long, like, runway. And I kind of feel like we've already passed that point. So I don't know what they what they plan to do for next year. Unless they have a small show. Well, sadly, the shows here are still going forward, so... Well, I mean, cons, it's easier to just put a bunch of vendors in a room, right? I don't... I, I, it all looks difficult to me. I mean, it is all somewhat difficult, but I think it's much harder to bring in people from all over and get it all arranged in a massive area, in a library. Yeah, especially with all the... the you always impress upon how many people from different countries come yeah, to the show. So yeah. that's a bit more logistics than totally your typical show. Well, that sounds like, it sounds like it was a good book though. Yeah, it was. I, Cause I, I just go, I keep on looking what's next on the stack and I'm like, Oh, that looks good. And I'm like, I can see why I bought this. And I read it. And I'm like, yeah, another success. Nice. So a pretty good hit rate so far. Yeah. Well, if someone has something else to go, please let me know. Otherwise, I got a question for you guys. Wait, shoot. Um, okay, I'm not like a big toy guy, as you know. But I'm learning that these modern figures, like when they have stiff joints, people use hair dryers on them. Is this something oh. you guys have heard about? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've heard about doing the freezer trick or then the hair dryer trick. Have you done either of them, Kevin? And then I'm going to ask no, you. No, because you can imagine with a freezer that things might get a little brittle. Yeah, I'm not going to do the freezer thing. I was just going to do the hair dryer thing. Uh, I, Phil, I have, I have not, but I know for like game boards, if you have a model that's kind of out of whack, you use warm water, and then it fixes it up. Yeah, uh, I, I've heard warm so I'm water. Sure I would look it up, but I'm sure if people found a trick, I'm sure it works because people yeah. tend to figure I, that stuff out. I've also heard about putting electronics in, like, an oven. Oh, I'm not going to do that. What does that do? <laughs> that? It, because I, I don't know if people still do this, but with, like, old computers, like circuit boards or whatever, like like the soldering and everything, like, maybe it wasn't 100% baked correctly. <laughs> baked? <laughs> So it's like you're you're like 
maybe finishing the process. I don't know. I just know people have done this, and it's worked out fine. But that was maybe in the, the old-timey days of computers. <laughs> I, I do not endorse this <laughs> for modern electronics nowadays. Well, I've been, as, as you know, trying to fix okay. old toys, and I was doing the warm water thing, and then I saw another one where they're like, use a hairdryer on low setting, and don't, like, you know, move it around, mm-hmm. and yeah. that'll loosen things up, too, because um, I'm planning on fixing some old toys, but I have some new ones, and they are kind of tight, and I was like, mm-hmm. boy, I wonder if I should do that, and I was thinking I would try, but then I wanted to ask you guys, because I know... Kevin gets a lot of toys. Phil, do you leave yours in the package? I get the feeling, or do um, you take them out and play with them? Most of the time, yes. I've taken a few out, like my Edward Scissor hands and stuff, just for display. But most of them I have hanging on my wall in the packages, yeah. Because because okay. some of the like because I'm different than you guys. Like I don't buy a lot, right? Like I'll buy like I have a signed Hellraiser or a custom figure in the with the card back. I have a Mandalorian with Baby Yoda that's hard to get. Things like that, you know. I don't like buy I a lot, buy I would say. I mean, Kevin's crazy. He buys a lot, but I don't buy a lot. I just buy a few. But I mm-hmm. do like to play with them. I was thinking that the mint on package thing, the nice thing is you don't even care if the joints are frozen or busted. Yeah, or well, like... for me, it just looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Like I like having them hanging on my wall like a store almost in a way. Like I just love the look of them in a card back. Like I like the, when they do comic covers like that, you know? Yeah. I can see that. I just am like, man, if I was a mint and package guy, who can like every single joint on this guy could be completely frozen up and I wouldn't, you know, you'll never know until you take it out of the thing mm-hmm. and you're never going to take it out. So, yeah. If you're a mint on card guy, wouldn't wouldn't you want to check out the paint job on every figure and you'd have to buy everything in store because you'd want to go through every single one yeah. to get the best one? No. I'm not picky like that. And for me, it's they're just artwork. That's what they are. It's like having a picture up, right, of something. Yeah, I can get it. I think it's funny how there's, like, mint-on-car guys and then, like, loose. I mean, I have some mm-hmm. that's still in their package. I'm not like I take them all out, but I take out, I don't know, 90% or something. Like, it's weird. I save a few. Sometimes that way if I'm having a bummer day or whatever, I can take a toy out of a package. Yeah, and... yeah it's fun to unpackage. My favorite thing in the world is unpackaging a new board game and punching everything out and all that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, uh, but yeah, with the, the toys, I just find, I just love that look of them just standing there in, yeah. that, uh, in that package there. Right, well, I think we've had a good point. We're going to keep this one on mm-hmm. the shorter side so i want to thank everybody for listening kevin do you have anything to announce uh drock check protectorate needs that vaccine and boosters don't forget boosters everybody third shot Th- thanks for listening stay safe <laughs>